Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey there, it's Michael Lewis. Before we get to this episode, I want to let you know that you can listen to each episode of Judging Sam, The Trial of Sam Bankman-Fried, ad-free by becoming a Pushkin Plus subscriber. And with your subscription, you'll also get exclusive access to ad-free and early bingeable podcasts, like Paul McCartney's new podcast, McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History, The Happiness Lab from Dr. Laurie Santos, and tons of other top shows from Pushkin. Sign up in Apple Podcasts or at pushkin.fm slash plus. Welcome to Judging Sam. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and we're recording this on Thursday, October 19th. The third week of the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried wrapped up today, and the prosecution is all but done presenting their case. Their last big star witness was this week. You know this if you've been listening to the show. It was Nishad Singh, one of the three main FTX executives who has pleaded guilty. Earlier this week, our court reporter Lydia Jean Cott talked with Michael Lewis about the beginning of Nishad's testimony. Today, she gave him a call to talk about the rest of it. So you told me that out of the three top FTX executives we've heard from in this trial, you spent the most time with Nishad. What's he like? Um, he was the most kid-like in a lot of ways, uh, and also the most earnest. He was, he was 21 when he joined Alameda Research. He'd had basically one very short stint in the workforce after college. He knew nothing about finance, like zero, uh, when he started. So everything he learns about the world of money, he learns through the lens of Al first Alameda Research and then FTX, which is a very peculiar way to learn about finance. Um, he was... Uh, he talked a mile a minute and was very bright and kind of free associative when he talked um, and would say all kinds of stuff that in retrospect, you know, kind of interesting. Like there's a line in the book where he says, you know, in the course of doing their trading at Alameda Research where they had, they did some stuff to kind of get around laws to trade. This shot has this line where I, I learned what the law is. It's not what's written. It's what people care to enforce. 
and that he got very cynical about uh, the laws around money um, and was very open about it. This is when things were good. He was also very open, extremely open about Sam's uh, lack of any kind of emotional intelligence and how hard it had been on everybody for the previous four years to have this guy sitting at the top of the company who did not care at all about people's feelings and was uninterested in dealing with them. And that all those feelings, especially the negative ones, found their way to Nishad, and Nishad ended up being kind of, you know, emotional intelligence officer in chief. Nishad was uh, also, in addition to being kind of the translator of Sam's <laughs> emotional states, or a translator of Sam, period, to, the, to everybody else, he was a translator of Gary's code to everybody else. That he was this kind of like this machine to, uh, that acted as a buffer between these two incomprehensible people, Gary and Sam, and the rest of the, of the firm. But there's all kinds of stuff that, you know, he was just, how I got to know him was we just spent endless hours talking. It rings true to me that he wasn't alive to the risks they were running with customer money until September. He didn't really have a filter. Uh, and he would, he would, he, I think if Nishad had known, like he might've blurted it out to me in an interview. Uh, he was that, he was that kind of naive about things. So he'd be a very poor liar. Well, maybe that's why, that's why he didn't know until, until so late. The other thing I was wondering about is in court, they showed us these signal messages between Sam Bankman-Fried and Nishad. Um, and in one of them, he says something like, this is wildly selfish of me. And then he asked Sam Bankman-Fried to publicly explain that there weren't a ton of people orchestrating what happened. And Sam responded, yeah, I don't think that's super selfish. I think that's correct. It's funny. Can I just tell you what I found interesting about that whole exchange? Yes, please. This is a new wrinkle in the financial markets. It's like once they become automated and they, they become driven by code, people actually doing the code sometimes are capable of doing things that are writing code without understanding the consequences of the code, without understanding that like this line might just lift money from somebody it's really bad to lift money from. And the kind of myopia of the coder is what, what struck me about that exchange. And the shot is saying to Sam, Christ, now that I know what this was used for, I'm implicated because I wrote that code, but I had no idea that that code was going to do that. And that's interesting. Like old time finance, you wouldn't have that. Old time finance, there wasn't this level of abstraction. And I think people end up doing stuff when, when it's being automated that they might not do if it was face-to-face -face normal human interaction. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But Sam's response, um, yep, I don't think that's super selfish. I think that's correct. That implies that he did know what was happening, no? To me, it seems pretty damning. It kind of implies that there were people orchestrating it, and that was... Sam and possibly well, don't others. You think the, don't, you think the, don't you think the damning thing is that Nishad tells Sam, tell people that you orchestrated it yeah. and I didn't? And Sam, and Sam says, <laughs> and Sam says <laughs> yes, that's not a selfish request. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought this was very damning that he doesn't say what, orchestrate what. Yeah. He, but that in Sam's shoes, he may be just saying that, oh, I, I know that I know you didn't know anything, but he's not saying that I know I did. Right. You know, just the, the facts of the thing are so clear. It's like so clear that the money was in the wrong place. And that in, in, in and of itself is enough to put him in jail. And nobody even disagrees with that. But, it, but there's this argument, of, there is this subtle argument about, 
like what's going on inside these people's heads. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we're getting a little more clarity on it, but I don't feel like we've had complete clarity. And I really, really want to hear what Sam has to say. I hope he testifies because that at the end of that, I think we can have the full conversation about what seems most plausible. You know, what is the timeline on this? It feels most plausible. Yeah, I can't wait for that. We'll be back in a minute to talk about the many things that have happened in the trial since Nishad finished testifying earlier this week. As listeners of this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert teams of nerds have the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Lydia Jean, welcome back to Judging Sam. Thank you. Is it true that you got in trouble in court today? (laughs) I did get in trouble in court today. (laughs) What, What did you do? Um, I turned around and asked someone a question when the judge and the lawyers were having a side panel conversation and a marshal came up to me and said that if I did that again, he's going to throw me out of the courtroom. Drama. This is courtroom <laughs> drama. Yeah. The marshals have been increasingly angry at the reporters for talking, chewing gum, having snacks. They said that this judge is the strictest judge in the courthouse, and that he can see all the way from across the courtroom on his little podium if someone is chewing gum and then will yell at the marshals afterwards. So that's why they have to be so strict. Wow. So they're like, it's not my fault. It's, it's the judge. Sorry, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just the middleman. And there's been, there's been a crackdown. They took someone's newspaper away today. So the early days of chatting, doing crossword puzzles are over. Now it kind of feels like when the teacher's like, tells everyone to put their heads on the desk 
That's where we're at. Well, and it, and there is a break now, right? As of today, there's going to be, what, a week-long break? Is that right? Yes, which I think is sorely needed by everyone. The judge has definitely been getting antsy. He's been getting up and kind of leaning over during testimony. He yelled out also both of the lawyers for taking too much time. So I think people are running out of ink in their pens. I think we all need a break. Why? I mean, apart from letting everybody chill out for a few days, why is there a week-long break right now? The judge is going to a conference. Wow. I didn't know you could do that if you were a judge. Be like, sorry, world, I'm going to a conference for a week. I think you make the rules. It's his courtroom, his rules. So, Lydia Jean, there have been several witnesses since Nishad finished testifying earlier this week. And you were telling me earlier on Slack that of all of them, the one who was most striking to you was Can's uh, son, the, the lawyer, the general counsel of FTX. Tell me about him. What did he say? Why was it interesting to you? Yeah. So first off, out of all of the FTX executives, he seemed like the most comfortable in a suit. <laughs> like he's used lawyers to might be keeping the suit industry in business at this point, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and he was pretty soft-spoken. And he started off by saying that he had no idea that Alameda was using FTX customer funds. Huh, okay. He said that he would have never approved that. And he was told over and over again by Sam that these customer funds were safe and separated. And that's what he told other people when they asked. That's what he told customers. That's what he told investors. And the prosecutors really spent a good 10, 20, maybe even 30 minutes, it felt, underlining that point and all the different iterations of he did not know that this was happening. He would have never authorized this in his position as a general counsel. Okay. So he didn't know it was happening. What's in it for the prosecution to call him? Like, why do we care that he didn't know it was happening? Well, that's where the dramatic moment came in when he talked about when FTX imploded Uh and when customers were trying to withdraw their money and they realized that it wasn't there. And he talked about how at that point he was kind of in a sort of war room with Sam Bankman-Fried and Nishad. A bunch of other people were in that room as well. And he described what it was like. He talked about how Sam was on his computer typing away. And Nishad, he was very poetic in how he described Nishad. He said something like how Nishad was really pale and looked like his soul had been tugged out of him. And he said that it was at this point that he was shown a balance sheet And the balance sheet showed that Alameda was billions of dollars in the red, that they owed this money to FTX. And he was really shocked to see this. And at this point, Sam was still looking for someone who could save FTX. And they were trying to figure out, you know, what to do, how to share this balance sheet, what to say about it. And Kansen said that Sam asked him if there was any legal explanation that he could give for this deficit, for this hole. Meaning, is there any story that you could make up, any fiction you could create that would make this not a crime? Yes, I think that's the only way to interpret that. Yes. And Kansun said that they ended up that evening going on a walk. And Kansun said he had done some digging and he thought about it. And he told Sam that while there are some legal theories he could offer up, there is no legal explanation that's supported by the facts. Wow. So that seems kind of damning. Uh, Did he get cross-examined? Did the defense have a chance to ask him questions? Um, Yes. They brought up how he testified as part of a non-prosecution agreement. So Kansun said that, you know, he didn't know that this was happening. But still, 
as part of his job as general counsel, he did approve certain things that were without his knowledge, certain transactions that were using customer funds. So he said that out of an abundance of caution, he is testifying under this non-prosecution agreement. But the defense lawyers pointed out that this non-prosecution agreement only stands as long as he's saying the truth and it's the government who gets to decide whether or not he's saying the truth. And that's just a way of casting doubt on his testimony and saying that he has an incentive to say what the government wants him to say. Uh huh. Which is also true, obviously, for all the people who made plea deals. And that has been the sort of key thing the defense keeps saying about all these other senior executives who pleaded guilty and don't want to go to prison, basically, right? Exactly. And it lines up with the role of the defense and what the defense has been doing in this case on Cross, which is really just casting doubts or poking little holes in what the witnesses are saying, which makes sense because at the end of the day, the jury has to decide that Sam is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So they're just pointing out why one might have a reasonable doubt about what these witnesses are saying. So, okay, Lydia Jean, you've been going to court all day, every day for three weeks. You've seen every minute of the trial. The prosecution is basically done. What do you make of things at this point? I think that the prosecution has done a really good job of giving us a very clear story. And I've read that in every trial, there are certain themes that come up. And on the side for the prosecution, the theme is very clear. The theme is that Sam is a liar. It's that Sam said that FTX was safe for customers, and it actually wasn't. And he lied about this over and over and over again. He lied about it to the people who are close to him. He lied about it to customers. He lied about it to investors. And they've just been pounding that home over and over and over again. The defense on their cross, they haven't really told us a story the same way about what happened, which, of course, they don't have to. All they have to do is poke holes in the story of the prosecution. But I am curious, as we approach the time for the defense to present their case, if they are going to give us a narrative and explain from their side what happened and how FTX imploded. Well, and from their side, you mean when Sam takes the stand, right? The big dramatic conclusion to this to this trial. Exactly. And when Michael Lewis comes and when we get to go to court together, which I can't wait for. Ladies and gentlemen, for one last thing, let's talk about Twitter. Twitter has been coming up a lot in this trial. We've been seeing lots of tweets from Sam Bankman-Fried. It kind of is a great reminder about why it's not good to tweet through it. Never tweet the Sam Bankman-Fried story. Exactly. Especially if you're potentially being accused of a massive fraud. Whatever you tweet, never tweet. All customer accounts are segregated. (laughs) One thing never to tweet. Do not say FTX is fine. Assets are fine. The other day, there was an SDNY investigator. He was kind of like a Twitter expert who showed us how Twitter works, what retweets are, what DMs are. He showed us a whole ton of tweets from Sam McMinfried, and they all came up on the screen so fast, it honestly felt like a clockwork orange. You know, when you're like <laughs> subliminally... They're like holding your eyes open? <laughs> exactly. Like you couldn't read them, but you just got this sense, this overwhelming sense of, to the prosecution's point, of Sam tweeting things that aren't true. Uh-huh. But there was one particular moment that stood out, which is when we were shown private messages, DMs between Sam Bakeman fried and a reporter at Vox named Kelsey Piper. This reporter, Kelsey Piper, actually published these DMs on Vox when it happened, right? This was like big news last November, like right when FTX was blowing up this happened. Exactly. And I think it had a big influence on how people thought about Sam Bakeman fried which is why the lawyers 
put up a strenuous objection to have these DMs not be shown. But in the end, the judge ruled that they could be. Okay, Lydia, to tell you what, we're basically done. I'm going to get out of here, say goodbye. But why don't you just play us out with some of the greatest hits from those DMs? Kelsey Piper. I was just re-listening to that conversation we had this summer about whether you should do an ethical shit for the greater good. Sam Eggman Freed. What did I say? Kelsey Piper. You were like, nah, don't do an ethical shit. Like if you're running Philip Morris, no one's going to want to work with you on philanthropy. Sam Bankman fried Heh. Kelsey Piper. And there's a risk of doing more harm than good, but even if you subtract that out, pretty not worth it. Sam Bankman fried Yeah. Kelsey Piper. I was trying to figure out, like, if that was kind of the PR off-the-cuff answer. Sam Bankman fried Man, all the dumb shit I said. It's not true. Not really. Kelsey Piper. Yeah, I thought it might not be. Sam Bankman fried Everyone goes around pretending that perception reflects reality. It doesn't. Some of this decade's greatest heroes will never be known, and some of the most beloved people are basically shams. This episode of Judging Sam was hosted by Jacob Goldstein. Lydia Jean Cott is our court reporter. Catherine Girardot and Nisha Venkin produced this show. Sophie Crane is our editor. Our music was composed by Matthias Bossi and John Evans of Stellwagen Symphonette. Judging Sam is a production of Pushkin Industries. Got a question or comment for me? There's a website for that. atrpodcast.com That's atrpodcast.com To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to access bonus episodes and listen ad-free, don't forget to sign up for a Pushkin Plus subscription at pushkin.fm slash plus or on our Apple show page. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.